Your lightsabers will make a fine addition to my collection. Not this time. And this time you won't escape. Artu. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Long Time Ago Radio, a conversational podcast about Star Wars, the official podcast of CanonTimeline.com. I'm joined by one half of my two favorite fans in the galaxy, and it's just Alex Vargas. How you doing? Doing good. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, Becky could not join us this week, uh, but she'll be back. It was She had a tech issue that prevented her from joining us. Um, but uh, other than that, how you doing? Doing good. Uh just relaxing, recuperating from uh, Force Friday this past weekend. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll get into that. We got a whole, we got a whole thing about it, pretty much, because th- this whole episode is going to be about collecting. Yes. Um. Actually, you know, since our last episode, uh, where I was like, I'm almost done with Inferno Squad. I finished it, and it was very good. I need to buy that book. Yeah. Um. I enjoyed it. I think you can even enjoy it outside of the game. Like, obviously, we don't have the game yet. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is sort of its own self-contained story that has a clear ending. I'm wondering if the book will, will, like, help inform you when you start playing the game. Like, you'll start seeing more of the connections between the two. I think it's more about, like, the characters. Like, maybe you might be informed a little more about why the characters behave the ways they behave. I don't know that they'll make any direct callbacks. But, because this sort of just does seem like a chapter in their life. And it ends. And they're like, now we'll move on to the next part of our lives. And, you know? Yeah. Um, so we'll have to see. I, I'd be interested if there aren't any, like, you know, super deep cuts. But uh, we'll see. That'd be pretty cool. Um, and, yeah, you went to... What was it? Long Beach Comic Con? Yeah, Long Beach Comic yeah, Con. Yeah, I got it right. Long Beach. Yeah, you got it yeah. right. It was uh, September 2nd and 3rd. It was, it's a smaller convention over in Long Beach. Uh, lots of little vendors, a really big artist alley, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, they had their cosplay corner, and they had a, a number of panels, including uh, one they caught my that was 40 years of Star Wars collecting. So we went to that. It was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, and you actually got audio of it that we're going to splice into hear a little bit at some point so if you start hearing voices it's that aren't us it's that is part of the panel that you yep. went to yeah mm-hmm. cool cool and then yeah i also went that weekend to a convention i went to san francisco comic-con and, how was that one compared to like wonder con uh, was, was way better wonder better but here's here's the thing i'm <clears throat> i think maybe I don't know if they've ever. I don't know if this is the first San Francisco Comic Con ever. I don't know. I think it's the second one. The Last second, year, I think, okay. was the first. Okay, but uh, so in San Francisco, we have these we have the these three buildings called the Moscone Centers, and there's a north, an east, and a west one, and the biggest one is the west one, I believe. And right now, it's gone. Like, it has been torn down because it's being 100% from the ground up renovated and rebuilt. So, that means that there's only two centers, and they did not do the east one. They put it in the north one, which I'm sure, Alex, you've been there. It's tiny. 
Yeah, it's not very big. I yeah. mean, that's that's where WonderCon used to be back when it was in San Francisco. Yeah, so and, yeah. it was on that floor, and that was it. It was on that first floor of that building. So it was super tiny. You walked around the whole thing in, like, 20 minutes. Oh, that's sad. And I honestly was, like, I was hell-bent on just finding. I was, like, I'm looking for video games, and I'm looking for cute but deadlies, which are these little, they're, like, you know, the, the random boxes that you buy. Oh, yeah. But they're, like, specific characters for Blizzard games, and I love Blizzard games, so I collect those. And I found so many vendors that only sold those boxes but didn't have those. And I'm like, of all the ones, why don't you have these, you know? I, yeah, I came across that issue, too, over here, except I was looking for comic books. I found three vendors that sold comic books Yeah. at a comic convention. Like, it's it's sad. I mean, they're changing a lot. They're changing, you know, depending on what people are actually buying, but... When you go to a comic con looking for comic books and you can't find yeah. any, it's it's weird. It was mostly art and pop figures. That was like mm, all it was. Yeah. And Pops were everywhere. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to buy any of these. All I wanted was video games. I didn't see a single video game the entire time I was there. And then on top of that, I didn't find what I wanted. And then even then, there there wasn't even that much Star Wars stuff, which kind of mm, sucks. That's sucked. disappointing. Yeah. You should come. You should come down in uh, in October. We have Stanley's LA Comic Con, which is pretty cool. It's 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 a good size, and they usually have a uh, vintage video game section. Ooh, so you enjoy that? I'm, that's what I'm talking about. I gotta yeah. hunt down them Star Wars games. Uh, what else? Yeah, I, I mean that's about it. I mean, if you want to get into this, we got we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Let's let's get started. All right, cool. Universe has changed forever. The Star Wars Power of the Force Collection. When Darth Vader and his stormtroopers attack, join Princess Leia, Luke Skywalker, and Han Solo. Escape in the mighty Millennium Falcon. Experience the real movie sounds of light speed. When Darth Vader's TIE fighters are on your tail, hear the force of the Falcon's turbo laser. Can you blast Vader's TIE fighters to pieces? Never underestimate the power of the force. The Star Wars Power of the Force Collection, each sold separately from Kenner. All right. This week on this episode, we're talking all about collecting Star Wars in general. There are lots of weird collectibles, cool collectibles. I mean, they've been making action figures and, and merchandise since the movie came out, which, correct me if I'm wrong, that was not the normal thing, like, back then. Yeah, I mean, back then, you, you'd have one or two pieces of merchandise, but Star Wars is one of the first movies that was heavily merchandised, and even starting from the very beginning, the first action, the first quote-unquote toys that you could buy weren't even toys they literally sold a an empty box and the box had inside a piece of paper that's basically a promise saying that when these figures come out they will be mailed to you so as a kid going to buy the first star wars toys you're going to buy an empty box yep and you're like one day i'll get one of these cool one toys. day yeah and, and then you know like any kind of collectible it, it just blew up you started with the very few figures and then they multiplied and multiplied and multiplied with all the movies. And then now you have, I don't know how many ways of figures that have been released since 1977. And we're, we're never going to see the end of these things. Right. I, I was just talking to, um, I had to give a tour through my office today. And uh, I was commenting on all the toys. And we had mentioned Star Wars toys or something at some point. And I had said, uh, I had said something like, they'll never stop making Star Wars toys. You can give up. Like... <laughs> You just you just buy what you like and move on, you know. Yeah, it's, it's hard to be a completist, especially with Star Wars figures. There's just yeah. so many that come out, and then you think, okay, well, I mean, when what was it, uh, Revenge of the Sith came out, we're like, okay, 
that's no more movies are coming out. There was a finite number of figures they'd make. And then all of a sudden now we have a new Star Wars movie every year. So yeah, every movie comes out with its own figures and trying to collect them all is, is nearly impossible. Yeah. Unless you want to get like a specific series or something yes. like the ones yeah. that uh, I haven't gotten any of them. But at some point I want to get the um, like the original Ralph McQuarrie concept art figures. Oh, or, yeah. Those yeah. Are really nice. Or Chewbacca kind of looks like Zeb and all that like. Those are super cool, and I love that artwork, and I would love to have those because, and also there's a set amount. There's like eight of them, so you're mm-hmm. like, oh, when I get all eight, I'm done. It's not yeah. like you know, I just collect them in general and I just keep going and never stop. It's, it's not like that, but, um, yeah, and and uh, I mean, ever since Star Wars, now it's like, lots of movies have merchandising. I would argue not like no nothing as successful, um. Because it's been like, like you said, forty years of just stuff co- always coming out, mm-hmm. and not even just Lucasfilm stuff. Like people making their own stuff and selling that too, um, as be- as you know, become a thing. And there's there's so many weird collectibles. I feel like I don't know that I like weird collectible to me would be like a soda can. Uh, yeah, it's not something that you'd go to the store and be like, hey, I'm gonna go buy the Campbell's soup can of bb8 yeah not typically something you see in the collection but i mean there's everything available from underoos to soup cans to weird jar jar binks lollipops that you yeah. eat his tongue i mean there's everything out there star wars oh today max uh, uh all right my coworker max showed me that he has a figure of the guy who played jar jar <laughs> which i thought was really funny that's pretty cool yeah ahmed best or whatever that's yeah. his name right mm-hmm. yeah he has a he has an action figure of ahmed best which i thought was the the funniest thing ever um but yeah like there there's so many things and it's hard to kind of pick the stuff that you want and i know you you collect a lot of different things uh like um you collect you know action figures and then the patches which is something i didn't even know existed until we went to celebration yeah, that's that. You were introduced to all the the craziness. I know. Yeah. I I disappear from the hotel for a few hours and come back with like a baggie full of new things. Like, check out this Ziploc bag of all these pads. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus. Yeah. But well, uh, I mean, part of the fun about that too is, I mean, it's a big five hundred first tradition where you create patches. Each group has its own type of patch, and you go to these little events and you trade and you meet new members. I mean, I traded with people from Mexico. I traded with people from Belgium. It's it's really really cool to see everyone's unique design but again that's one of those things where to be completist it's is that one is impossible well, yeah you'll never you'll there's never complete no way. it no and there's no catalog of all these things either uh no there is a guy um off the top of my head i don't remember his name but i've traded with him a few times and sold him some stuff too where he has uh what he's saying the largest collection of star wars patches and he's cataloging them on his uh facebook page i think something like the star wars patch page or something like that but he's trying to catalog every single type that he finds but even he will never even get them he will all. never get them all even no, though that's no like way. a super comprehensive list mm-hmm. yeah so that's like a thing where and i think that's really cool because it's like people trading their art back and forth yep but even then like uh you you can't go into that thinking like i need to get everything because you'll just go down a black hole like even like talking about this like collecting in general like just outside of star wars it's really hard to not just want to buy everything at once um 
and I got into this. I'm sure you've hit this point and you have to stop yourself. I got into this when I started game collecting like a year ago. I just was buying <laughs> that. I'm going to have to mute that. But I was just buying stuff for no reason because I was like, I want it. I want it on my shelf. I want to have it. I want to have this and I want to have that. And then at some point you're like, what am I doing? I'm not even playing these games. And mm -hmm. I've spent like 150 bucks on all these games and I, I haven't touched a single one. I'm just buying them to put them on my shelf. And I'm like, mm, maybe I should slow down. It wasn't until Celebration when I was like, I should focus on something. Because a lot of collectors, like we've been talking about, focus on things. So like my game collecting focuses on things that I necessarily want. Like if I think, like if it's a game I remember, you know, or something. And I'm like, yeah, I love Mario World on the Super Nintendo. I would love to have a copy of it because that's a game I play like every year. Mm -hmm. I would buy that. I, and then the other thing I have is, if is it a Star Wars game? It's like there are a finite number of Star Wars games. So finding them, and, and honestly, most of them are pretty cheap, you know? So it's like finding them and buying them doesn't really break the bank, but also at the same time, I'm collecting something that I think is really cool. And actually, just recently, I sent you a picture of this. I was, when we moved into our new apartment, our friend Jason, who works with Nicole, I was talking to him about, I was like, yeah, I collect Star Wars games and stuff. And he's like, what? That's awesome. So I, I went upstairs. I brought down my, um, my you know, my uh, in acrylic case, like Super Nintendo collection, because I have all three of the Super Nintendo games. And he's like, these are awesome. I had no idea you did this. And then he's like, I have a sealed copy of Star Wars Yoda stories for PC. Do you want it? And I was like, I absolutely want that. Because <laughs> I was like, first of all, I've never even heard of this game. It sounds stupid, but I I was like, I want it, you know? And uh, I'm holding it right now. The back of the box is hilarious. And and, and uh, I want to read the, the bullet points here. There's only four. One of them is easy to load, easy to play. Whatever that means. Uh, <laughs> one of them says games average under an hour. And then my favorite infinitely replayable and then in parentheses goodbye solitaire <laughs> i mean this this yeah. had to have been in like what the like late 90s early 2000s type game um let me look actually i probably it says 1997 there it is yeah runs on windows 95 so there you go oh, um man. and it is still shrink wrapped the box is a little caved in but i love this i'm like this is so dumb but such a cool like thing i didn't even know this existed well, I think everybody, too, depending on what you collect, unless you're crazy and you just collect everything of, of whatever fandom you're part of, uh, whatever it is that you collect means something to you. Like, you have some sort of connection to it. Like, for you, video games, this is th that is your, your thing. Yeah. Like, your world is video games. For me, my very first Star Wars collectibles, or my first Star Wars anything, were the vintage figures. Like, I grew up in, you know, the early 90s before the uh, the special editions came out so watching star wars on vhs was the way that i learned about star wars but before 95 we had no new star wars figures so me and my dad would go to flea markets and we would just buy up the vintage figures you know they rarely ever came with the accessories but at least i had the toys to play with mm -hmm. so now as an adult i mean ever since i was a kid i mean we've been buying star wars figures from you know the very first 1995 wave where Luke Skywalker looks like He-Man. He has these giant muscles <laughs> to to what we have now with the Black Series. Right. Yeah, I think I started getting 
uh, Star Wars toys back in, it was in the 90s because I was born in 1990, but like, I think it was around that time when like it, the dark times had ended. I don't think I ever, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I ever experienced the dark times, honestly, because it was just like always in there. I didn't know about, you know, they haven't made these movies. I, you know, you're a kid. You don't know what's going on. You're just like, they made these movies yesterday or whatever. Uh, but, but, yeah, I remember my dad saying, like, I had an X-Wing like that when I was a kid. And I was like, what? Uh, but, yeah, it's 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 weird now, too, because those those toys that you were buying at the flea market are probably way more than you paid for now. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I, it's looking back. Cause I had, I, some of them are, are back home up in Northern California, but I've brought as many as I could that fit in our apartment here. And I had them on my shelf. And once in a while, I'll just show friends. They're like, wow, you have the variant Yodo near complete or you'll have you know just figures that were harder to find um and it's like wow i i've played with these things like these were my play toys i played with them in the yard i mean i I, there was nothing else to star wars at the time yeah like we would buy the ships and the ships were missing wings or like we had a y-wing fighter that had the uh the missing wings i still played with it because at the time there were no y-wing ships Mm -hmm. you're playing with what you had and then with when uh power of the force two came out in 95 all of a sudden we have x-wing fighters and millennium falcon comes out tie fighters i mean it and and these were toys that were released for a movie that hadn't been out since 83 i always thought that was weird that they would release the figures then right um and and then i think what like one or two years later we got special editions but still it was hey let's re-release these figures and hope someone buys them Mm -hmm. which a lot of us did uh, I when I was talking to uh, Jason, the guy who gave me the Yoda stories thing, he told me an interesting story where he said that um, basically, uh, have you, you've heard of Shadows of the Empire, right? Uh, that oh N64 yeah, they had a whole game. toy line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The game it had a soundtrack. He was telling book, me everything, and I don't know if this is true, but hang on, I'm gonna say Shadows of the Empire release. They even had trading cards too. Yeah. Uh, episode one came out in 99 right yes okay so okay this mu- this is probably true then so he was telling me that lucasfilm was toying around with the idea of making the prequels like mid 90s and so but they but because they hadn't made star wars stuff in so long they were concerned like would there even be interest out there like p- would people even care you know because this is like a 10 year like there hasn't been a movie in a decade you know so what they did was they did this they got behind this whole shadows of the empire thing they did the game and the comics and the toy line and all that stuff and they were like if this sells well if this does well we'll make the prequels and so apparently that's why the prequels got made because shadows of the empire and all that extra stuff and power of the force sold well and they were like oh star wars still has interest so i I thought that was really interesting um yeah, they released a lot of things. That's that's for the the modern day figures. That was the first time we actually got the Slave One back. Yeah, like we had characters coming out on Power or uh, Shadows of the Empire, you know, card backs that we hadn't gotten. We had a uh, was it Princess Leia when she's in her uh, Boosh costume. Like we hadn't gotten that yet, and all of a sudden we're getting characters. We're like, oh my god, Shadows of the Empire. Oh, there's a soundtrack. Oh, there's a comic book. Oh, there's trading cards. And I mean, a lot of us bought into that stuff, and it was fun. It was new Star Wars that we didn't have. Yeah, for sure. Um, what else do you collect? I know that you have like a ton of different things. Uh, I collect 
Star Wars figures, um, I've been focusing more on the Black Series just because of a, a lack of room. Um, but I do try to buy every Imperial three and three quarter figure that I find. Mm-hmm. Uh, trading cards. Uh, what else? Costumes now. Costumes um, like full post- costumes. Costumes like full costumes. Yeah, that joining the five will first becomes an addiction because instead of collecting action figures, you're turning yourself into a giant action figure and you want. Oh, um, I gotcha. But uh, postcards. I anything Star Wars randomly that I'll get at a convention like paper goods, like a a, a postcard. Or a flyer, a bookmark. I keep everything, so I have binders full of just Star Wars stuff. Um, but aside from that, books, comic books, stickers. Uh, I I try to limit all my different collections. Oh, Disney pins were just a new one that we've started like in the past year or two. Um, but we're slowly running out of room, so now we're having to be more selective as to what we right. buy. Yeah, I've I've gotten into the pin thing recently too, but I only buy ones that I would wear. Um, yeah. So I like if I'm like I would wear this. I'm actually wearing one right now. But if 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 I'm like if I'm wearing a button-up shirt, would I wear this pin on it? Absolutely. Then I'll then I'll get it. So I'm like super selective on the ones I get. Yeah, you need to be. There's a lot of them yeah. out there, and you like we used to be really heavy into Disney pins, and we had. I mean, we weren't like the crazy crazy, but we had over a thousand pins at Ooh. one point, and you just don't have room for all those pins. Right. And luckily, those things hold value. So hey, let's go to Hawaii. Um, yeah. It was a it was a, it was a good yeah. trade. But uh, yeah, I mean, with any collectible, you have to make sure that whatever you're collecting, you enjoy it, but at the same time, that you're not breaking the bank and that you have room for it, <laughs> either storage or display. Because a lot of people will buy things, put them in storage and forget they have them and then realize when they go back they had they had purchased for the same figure because they forgot they had it right interesting uh which is ha- it's happened to me i'll yeah. admit if for context i have three pins total <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i think right now we're down to maybe like 250 yeah. but they are like our yeah. favorite ones but like you don't wear all those like you you put them in binders and stuff right uh most of them we actually have them in frames in our oh that's right uh yeah um some of the more rare ones we keep put away just because we don't want them to go you know to get tarnished or anything but whenever we do go to disneyland we try to we try to wear our pins so i'll go with the giant lanyard of all star wars pins i'll put some 501st pins on there too or at celebration aside from patch trading uh there's a lot of swag trading too so we create buttons and little keychains and stuff like that so I went over there with a hundred buttons and I came back with almost, almost hundred buttons too. And everybody does their own little unique things too. So with our Disney pins, I have all the buttons that we traded for at the convention. So those are little bootleg pieces of art that you'll never find unless you go right. to these events. Interesting. Yeah. I actually, now thinking on it, I don't actually have any Star Wars pins. Although I did look for some last time I was at Disneyland. I looked for just like a basic rebellion logo and you'd think that would be the easiest thing to find it's not yeah i was like i just want a red rebellion logo i don't want any like crazy like furly weird things on it and it's like all you can ever find are these giant ones that have it and they say rebellion under it and you're like guys i just want (laughs) a regular rebellion i mean call me old-fashioned but i just want a regular old rebellion logo is that too much to ask they 
they did release that like a booster set that had all the logos on it, but it's 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 not always easy to find. I think I have an extra one. I'll, I'll give it to you the next yeah. time I see it. Um, yeah. Let's see what else. I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, what was your first Star Wars collectible? My first. I mean, I, the first toy I remember getting was an X-wing, um, like a big X-wing. Uh, and then I think I also had a, the TIE fighter where uh, the wings shot off. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, you pushed the I button. had that for mm-hmm. sure because I know that they re-released that recently and we got it in the office and I was like, I forgot all about this until I saw it. I was like, I the <laughs> wings shoot off. Yeah, I totally remember this. Um, that's uh, What about you? That's that's what I remember. Uh, first one, again, the vintage figures going. Like There was a guy at, the flame, at our local flea market um, and he just had a case of the figure. So every now and then we'd go buy one or two. I don't remember what my first figure was, but the one that I played with the most was probably uh, Obi Wan mm-hmm. Kenobi and mm. Yoda. You made them fight. I just I, no, they would just go on like random adventures, or I would just hold on to them while uh-huh. I watched the movies. Just be like, "Hey, look, you're in the movie." I was a weird kid. We were all weird kids, oh, and here we are. We're, we're all, I mean, we're talking about Star Wars, right? Yeah, uh, but like. I remember going to Toys R Us when the new figures came out in 95 and just being like, oh, my God, it's Darth Vader, Stormtroopers, you know. And uh, back then when I was a kid, me and my dad did this thing where we would buy two of everything, one for me to play with and one for him to keep in the package. And we kept doing that all the way up through the prequel movies. So back home, my dad has his... Tupperware bins in the garage full of you know mint on card figures and I have all my figures in these giant bins you know just completely loose played with but I mean they were loved so there's there's always a difference in collectors and as being an adult looking back at the toys that you played with is like is that something that you would ever want to resell or does it have an emotional connection for me that has an emotional connection so I would never sell them like when we have kids at some point I'll whip that bin out there you and go. they'll have toys to play with they'll be like what is this you're right. like well this is that guy who's in the background of Revenge of the Sith for like three seconds. <laughs> yeah, he has that. He has a. He he looks at the camera yeah. and then he. They walks call away. him, yeah. uh, uh, eggplant face or something. I don't know. <laughs> some guy. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some other things. Wow, I what was that? <laughs> the what did... I just heard this. Yeah, I heard this train. Oh, did you hear like, that? Geez. Uh, it's a uh, oh, gotcha. uh, fire engine. Yeah, he's they're going yeah. crazy out there right now. Um, well, what is what is the weirdest collectible that you have? The seen? weirdest collectible I've seen, like Star Wars in general collectible. Um, well, yeah. I'm actually looking at an article called Four Weird Star Wars Collectibles," so it's kind of weird that you brought that up. Uh, and one of them is a a, a Revenge of the Sith barf bag. I'll yes. try to find that. Is it on the Nerdist? Uh, Let me pull that up. And it's uh, it 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 was on Virgin Atlantic Airways in 2005, and it was a promotion for the video game, for the movie. Yeah. Oh and yeah. So you barfed in the you know in the bag. I think that's kind of weird. And then there's also the muscle bound Princess Leia, which I think you have told me about this before. Yes. So that was one of the very first figures in '95. The uh, Power of the Force 2 that, that came out. And, again, they weren't 
they weren't the best sculpts. He had He-Man, Luke Skywalker, even Darth Vader had giant muscles under his suit. The Stormtroopers had no necks, and Chewbacca <laughs> was ripped. And then they created this, probably not to be mean, but the ugliest. Princess it looks Leia like legit. Looks like. I mean, she would not stand up by herself. It looks like she a looks... GI Joe. That was like re-sculpted over. She... Right, she looks bad. She kind of looks like she has a unibrow in this picture too. Like it's it's it was mm-hmm. not a good figure, but back then, you know, when these new figures are coming out, you had to. Everyone wanted to be a completist. I mean, there's only like seven figures, so we mm-hmm. bought it. Yeah, and then also the Jar Jar Binks. Uh, yeah, the tongue candy. That's the just tongue weird. candy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who approved that one. I don't know one. somebody. Some weirdos. <laughs> um, so over in at uh, Long Beach during the panel, we had one guy whose specialty were Star Wars trading cards, and he was talking about some of the vintage trading cards. And I, I guess you can call it one of the weirder collectibles, but there is a special C-3PO card that came out. Um, here, I'll, I'll, here's some audio from the panel that uh, it'll describe what we're talking about. Uh, just to mention a few of the uh, most sought-after cards, uh, one of the most famous vintage cards is a X-rated 3PO. This is uh, this is a picture of C-3PO that has a very long appendage. <laughs> um, nobody really knows what the story is on what happened with this card, but it's very easy to obtain. Uh, there's two versions. There's the regular, and you can imagine the scandal back in '77 when friends complained about this card that the kids are getting this card. Um, so they had to correct it, and they sort of like gave 3PO a circumcision, they walked off so it didn't look like that anymore. And that card is actually more rare than uh, the actual X-rated 3PO. Um, it's very funny, um, you could probably look it up online, you'll see what we're talking about. It was a collectible that people try to find now. It's like some original... Uh... Original uh, 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 Last Mer or Last Mermaid? What am I saying? The Little Mermaid, <laughs> the Last Mermaid, uh, Little Mermaid, like original VHS stuff, right there. No. Yeah, it, I mean it's it. They're out there. If you're trying to find mm-hmm. one, you'll just check on eBay. But uh, <laughs> oops, that's all good. Sorry about that. Anyway. I have. Uh, I'm trying to think of like other weird things that I've seen. Oh, you know what sucks? Uh, I have a little story that happened recently. Uh, and it's about it pertains to Star Wars collecting. <clears throat> but I went to a store, uh, a retro game store, and was looking for games, and I ended up actually buying. Yeah, that Star Wars Arcade 32X game. But I also ended up buying what I didn't end up getting was a demo disc for Star Wars... Uh, where is it? I have it. Rogue Squadron 3 Rebel Strike. So it was a GameStop demo disc that they sent GameStop. And it li- it literally says on it, like, not for resale, like, Please do not put this on your shelf. Like, stuff like that. 
And I went, holy crap, I want this more than you could possibly know. Because it's like, it's so weird. You know, it's <laughs> like, who who has a GameCube uh-huh. demo disc for Rebel Strike? Like, nobody. Because, you know... Yeah, and it's like nobody wants That's them either, except right me, because I'm weird and I want that stuff. And so <laughs> I bought it, and then, and then the guy goes in the back, and he like literally can't find it. And he's like, "Here, oh, take my number. We'll call you when we find it." They never found it because I still have not gotten a call about it, and I am oh, like man. heartbroken because I wanted that so bad. But it's okay, I guess. Although I did pay for it, it'll it'll pop up. It was only like eight bucks, but still. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you find that one collectible, especially like at a comic convention. Sometimes you'll find that that one figure you couldn't find. Yeah, and it's like ah, oh, it's it's the holy grail of yeah. Of, well, it was like the other week of what you need uh, at that good, time. Don't underestimate the power of goodwill because no one knows what they have, ever, and so, mm-hmm. like people find really expensive stuff there, but. Our Goodwill sucks. Our local Goodwill is awful. And I go in there on occasion just hoping, you know, just like, oh, man, I hope somebody leaves some super expensive game just sitting out here that I can get for like two dollars, you know. But uh, I go there the other week just on a whim and what do I happen to see but not one but three Star Wars games that I don't have. I'm like, I'm like, this is the holy grail. Nice. So I got three games that I didn't have, and it only cost me six bucks. And I was like, man. And uh, and I'm sure you share this sentiment. Finding stuff in the wild is way more fun than just buying it on eBay. Oh, yeah. it's You know, you have it then and there. You see it, and when you hold it after you've paid yeah. it, it's yours. Yeah, and you're like, don't panic. Don't panic. Don't drop <laughs> it. Don't dent the box. Yeah. But it's yours. Yeah. yeah. I've uh, I've had that experience where like um, I bought a bag of games off someone, and he was like, "I threw in a bunch of extra stuff from my garage. I don't know what's in here." And I'm like, "Sure, whatever." And I I paid fifteen bucks, and most of it was nothing. But down in the bottom of that bag, what did I find? But Demon Souls, the collector's edition, which is worth like a hundred dollars. Nice. And I was like, "Whoa!" So. You know, sometimes you find cool stuff. Uh, yeah, don't underestimate the... Uh, for people who want to get into collecting, and we already kind of talked about, like, don't go crazy, but, like, Craigslist is weirdly a great... Pl- and on garage sales and stuff. Oh, yeah, I've, I've found a lot of toys at garage sales. Just people... Or, or random, like, antique flea markets. Yeah. And some guy would be like, yeah, here, there are all these figures are $3, and they're on card. And I'm yeah. the kind of person that will open them up, and I'll just go crazy with the twenty dollar bill. Yeah, and and walk out of there. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm doing the same. I have to go to conventions with a budget now, cause yeah, now that I have yeah, a job, it's way. like I'll just go nuts, you know. Well, and the, I remember being young and going to uh, WonderCon in San Francisco, and even when I first moved over here to Anaheim, you know, I'd take cash and any figure or anything that I really wanted, I just bought it on the spot. Right. And then you start realizing. A, you don't have room, but B, is it worth buying all the small things, or is it worth saving up that money and getting that one really cool large yeah, item? Yeah, the thing you really want. The thing you really want. Yeah. Like, do you really need five stormtroopers, or can you save up and buy the you know limited edition mail-in Han Solo with removable helmet? Like, there you go. 
Or a giant stormtrooper. Or a giant <laughs> stormtrooper, yeah. That you can place in the in in funny places, so when people come in your house, they think there's a real person there. <laughs> <laughs> we have a bunch of card, like a life-size cardboard cutouts, at work, and we sometimes just put them in places to see if they startle people. Like we we, uh... we have one of Robert Pattinson in Twilight, <laughs> and we just put it in the worst place. Like we'll put it in rooms that no one's in, and just shut the lights off <laughs> and stuff. It's really funny. Uh, we did that. We have a uh, Vin Diesel life-sized uh, mannequin from Madame Tussauds at work, and we stick it in front of the door. So when people enter the office, all of a sudden you have Vin Diesel just staring at them. <laughs> and we've gotten screams. It's awesome. <laughs> like, they just freak out. That's funny. Yeah. Um, what else is going to bring up? Uh, yeah, if you, have t- if, if you have any tips for people who want to like they want to collect something Star Wars, but they maybe don't know what. Like, what would you say? What would you say to them? Uh, what is? Yeah, I guess you'd have to think about what is it from Star Wars that you really like. What merchandise is out there? And uh, I think the most important part too is what collectible or whatever you want to make collectible can you actually afford? Because it's not worth mm-hmm. going all in on one thing especially something like a hot toy series oh yeah those it. are that's a dark deep road i mean they're that's cool hot toys yeah. all those types of things i mean they're beautiful they're sculpted nicely <laughs> but they're hundreds yeah of my dollars, friend so. i remember he had bought like three of them and he was like yeah you just get on the finance thing and then you can like pay them i'm like oh so you're just going into debt and he's like i'm not yeah. going into debt i'm like yes you are <laughs> like that it's like like it's fine. I'm paying twenty dollars yeah. a month for the next three years for nine. Yeah, I'm like that's. Time. I'm like you're literally being given a line of credit <laughs> to buy toys. Yeah, you have to be careful. Yeah. You really do. It's, sometimes it's, you know, if you're trying to get like a was it S H figure arts figure, they're beautiful, but you're looking at spending you know sixty seventy dollars a figure. Yeah. If you can't afford that, but you want something similar, I mean, they may not be as detailed, but black series six inch figures are about 20 25 dollars each yeah but they look great uh they look great i mean the the detail is really good um they're coming out regularly you can usually find them at your local toys r us target walmart but uh you just need to be careful with what it is that you want to collect and create a focus as to what you want to collect too don't just try to buy everything out there like right now the big thing are porgs i mean dude we have a ton of porgs in our office already yeah, we we I broke down and got one for Megan because like she she was like oh I don't know what they are but it's like I, I yeah. kind of want one so, but that's that's a good thing is a good example right now there's a lot of porks out there but it's it's not so much that you can't collect them right. all it's you can get them all now but in the future it, with the movie coming out in a few months who knows what merchandise is going to come out are you really willing to spend the money to keep collecting all of them or do you want to just focus on maybe just doing the pop by yeah. porks or just the action figure versions. You need to you need to be very careful what it is that you start your collection with because I've seen this with a lot of collectors, either be it Disney stuff or Star Wars or Marvel. They go all in on something, and then they realize that they can't either afford it or there's no way they're going to complete their collection, so they just sell it all off, and sometimes they yeah. lose money. Yeah, the same thing happens in, in video game collecting is like people – are like man, I remember all the games from back in the day that I used to be able to have, or I, you know, I, I used to have, and now I can't have them anymore. 
So I'm just going to go and get them all. I'm just going to buy them all on eBay. And they buy like 300 games. And then all of a sudden they're like, what am I doing? I'm not even playing these. And I don't have time to play them all. Yeah, and they, and they lose, lose interest. interest because all you did was just go on eBay and buy a ton of stuff. And I made that mistake, which, again, I, I then I refocused and was like, I love Star Wars. I love video games. I should collect Star Wars video games. There's a number of them, you know. Um, same yeah. with a, 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 another thing that people can collect, actually, that's Star Wars related. And that has a finite ending, and you can get them pretty cheap. The Star Wars, the Disney Infinity figures. Disney Infinity, they made a ton of these things, and then they stopped making it because it wasn't making enough of a profit. So there is a, like, you can you can literally collect all of them and maybe spend a couple hundred bucks, but that's if you want everything. Because there's Marvel, there's regular Disney, and then there's Star Wars, but there's just Star Wars ones, too. And none of them are particularly rare. The hardest ones to get are the ones where the lightsaber lights up when you put it on the little base. But the, even those were only, you know, a couple bucks more. So they're not even they're not even hard to find. And because those kids that played that game are now growing up, you will find those things at garage sales for like a dollar. And like, yeah, or oh, yeah, at a, or, a, a or in box. boxes at conventions, like two dollars each, and you can get them. I have a ton uh -huh. of them because I really liked Disney Infinity. I thought it was a fun game, and the Star Wars packs were really fun and cool. And so I have a few of them, um, but I don't have them all. But I, I maybe I was thinking like one day I could go get them all because I'm like, you know, there's not even that many, and they're never gonna make more. So. Yeah. yeah, so that is a cool. That that's a cool thing to play, and they're really cool looking too. They're they have a distinct art style, mm -hmm. and they're they're awesome. But and, and they're and the nice thing is that they're part of a game where you can display them by themselves, and they still look good. Yeah, and I I would say uh, yeah, action figures though are hard. Action figures are hard because there's just so many of them, and then depending on how you're collecting them, if you're, I, mean, I guess like there there's two. Actually, there's three types of collectors, really. There are the mint in box. There are the loose collectors who just display them, which is what I am. And then there are the mint in box, but also another one loose for display. But you need, again, that's another thing where you need to be careful and to limit, unless you can afford it all and you know you have the budget, limit which figures you're going to try to get. Because, like, for Force Friday, there's always so many things that come out you're not going to be able to get them all. Or if you are, you're going to be spending a lot of money. Yeah. And and at some point, you're going to burn out. You're just going to be you're like, burn what do I need all this for? It's it's way more fun to slowly build it. Because I've been mm -hmm. slowly building my game collection over time. And a couple of them I've bought on eBay. And honestly, I have almost no emotional attachment to them because I bought them on eBay. The rest of the stuff I've bought legit myself, either in a store or I found it at a garage sale or at a Goodwill or something. And those I have way more emotional attachment to. Like, And again, you should tell people you collect stuff because I bet you there are so many people who have just Star Wars stuff in their basement and they don't oh, yeah. care. And they're probably looking for an excuse to get rid of it. I've been given Star Wars stuff randomly at work, like vintage comic books, action figures. Um, what other stuff like coins just because people know hey you like Star Wars and you collect stuff here's some stuff I don't have like I have a beautiful 
vintage uh, Boba Fett cover, and he's just aiming right at, at you. It's, it's awesome. I got it for free. Yeah. Just because someone had it, they're getting rid of comics, and here, you know, yeah. there's a f- free item right there. Yeah. I got a Yoda stories for free. <laughs> wrapped, <laughs> even. Yeah. <laughs> shrink wrapped. Goodbye, Solitaire. Yeah, and that was only because I was talking to a friend and said, hey, yeah, this is a thing I collect. And he was like, whoa, I didn't know that. Um, and I'm just now finding out that Yoda Stories was also on the Game Boy Color. <laughs> <laughs> so that's interesting. Uh, but anyway, what? okay, to, to, to try and cap this all out, because we got to get to news also. What is the white whale sort of or like what is the most expensive thing that if you ever saw it in the wild you would buy immediately like you've never seen one but if you saw it you would just you would get it because you know it's hard to get would it be something i can actually afford or are we just let's say it's something that you are willing to pay for something i'm willing to pay for i that's that's a hard one um i would love an original prop oh yeah I mean, those are the hardest things to find, or if you find them, they're very, very, very expensive. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to go with a prop, even if it was just, like, a compad that fell off of an actor who just happened to be there. Right. Um, you know, in the background. But uh, there's there's actually a company that goes out, and they do events over in uh, the uh, sand dunes over in by San Diego, where they filmed some of the scenes from Star mm-hmm. Wars. And every now and then they'll pick up little vials of sand mm. from where they filmed Star Wars, and they kind of sell that. I think that might be something that I'd want to mm. get. But uh, I mean, it's hard to say figure-wise because there's so many random variant figures or rare figures to get. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd have to say, like, I, th- I think the ultimate prize for a lot of collectors is having something original from the movies, either from the original trilogy or from the prequels, or even these these new movies that are coming up. But just to have a piece of history right. that we all saw and had a connection with yeah that would be pretty cool um i have a more distinct and specific answer uh (laughs) there there aren't like star wars games aren't really hard to find because they made so many of them uh however boxed game boy games can get a little fishy because back then nobody really kept the boxes for those things because they were just cardboard like thin cardboard so finding boxed Game Boy games is challenging. And the original print run of the Star Wars Game Boy game in its box is worth about $150. That is something I think if I ever saw it in person. And I think that is probably the most expensive Star Wars game that exists, other than what I'm about to describe in a minute. Uh, <laughs> because it doesn't exist, and I'll explain it. Um I would buy that probably in an instant just because it is something I want and because it's something that you it's really rare. I mean, the thing is, though, you can find it. They reprinted them as the player's choice. They have the golden border or whatever. You know, when you go to Target and they would have like the games that were like twenty dollars versions. It's like that because it's like a reprint of it. So the reprinted version of that game is only like 30 in the box, like everything. It's the it's the original run that's in its box is what it's worth the money. The other thing that I would buy, and I don't know where I would ever find this, and it probably would be fake anyway. The people that made Rogue Squadron, uh, Factor 5, before they went under, 
they were making an HD collection of all three of those games with a bunch of extra stuff packed in uh, for the Wii. And they finished it, but it never came out because the plug got pulled on it. And then on top of that, the company went under. So if I was ever to find, let's say, a gold disc or a prototype disc of this Rogue Squadron HD collection, of which there might only be two in existence, if that, even if, I, I mean, it might never have even gone gold. <laughs> exactly. You don't know. That's a hard part. You don't, just know. don't know. So that would be something that I would be like, even if this is fake, I have to buy it just for the sake of like preservation. I think you actually can download a version of it online. Like someone has found the files and dumped them online. So it exists, but not really. And, and honestly, like people do find gold copy, like game developers don't, they don't necessarily take care of their stuff sometimes. So like, the source code of their old games will just be thrown in a closet somewhere and yeah, they'll never find it. And so all, all of a sudden, sometimes like these things just pop up. Like I think a year ago, these, the, uh, one of the gold discs for Starcraft one popped up at a garage sale. Just randomly, just this guy randomly. bought it, and he was like, why does this look like it? And it was the source code for Starcraft one. A developer had, stolen it found it in the office in a closet taken it and it had traded hands a couple times and someone sold it at a garage sale and uh and blizzard actually bought it back from him from the guy who got it they gave him like a blizzcon ticket and then like a bunch of stuff and and like he got to have lunch with a bunch of the developers and stuff for returning the disc so that's awesome. and who wouldn't take that honestly i would do that uh but yeah, it, like that kind of stuff happens. So if I ever did find this Rogue Squadron HD collection for the Nintendo Wii, I'd be like, "Oh my god!" Because this is incredibly rare. Like this is a like an actual like a movie prop, an actual piece of history, you know. So yeah. All right. Now that I thought about it, I have there is one item oh, that yeah? I would want to try to get. So uh, a number of years ago. Sideshow Collectibles released a life-size Asajj oh, Adventures man. Quest. They made 250 only. Here, I'm going to send mm. you a link to it just so you can take a look at it. It's beautifully detailed. Like, I remember finding this online years ago. and be like, oh, that's awesome. I mean, it's been sold out for a long time. But, I mean, the detail on this is just is amazing. Let me see this thing. Oh, my God. I mean, she's my yeah. favorite Star Wars yeah. character, and to have something like this would be, you know, this is super I'd have cool. I'd put this in a glass case. Yeah, isn't it? This is very cool. It comes with the hood, so you can keep with the hood up or down. I mean, they have red lighting all over it. I mean, I, I would be willing to, you know, sell. I a feel like five hundred is this. cheap for this thing. Yeah, I mean, now you're not going to find that for any less than me. I think I saw one Ooh. for twenty five hundred. But that's one of those right. eBay buy it now things. But uh, I mean that that would be probably the one thing if I ever saw it in person, I'd try to figure out a way to, that to take cool. that home with me. All right. Yeah. Now if we're done talking about collectibles, we got a couple news stories to get through. 
Uh, Force Friday was this weekend. Do you want to touch about touch yes. base with that real quick? Well, let's do that real quick. Real quick. We all spent money. I I didn't, but I actually oh, did go didn't? to the I did go to the store. <laughs> uh, but I was looking for something else. But I saw like I went the day before First Friday, so that Thursday, mm-hmm. and our Target had cleared out all the space. Yeah. And it was like Force Friday. It's coming, you know. Um, and then we had gone like the day after and they had all the stuff out and, uh, it seems to be selling well. It is. Uh, we hit, well, I, last year during the Rogue One release, I was lucky enough to get everything I wanted online to order and it was shipped to me in like two days. But this year, for whatever reason, Target's website crashed, ToysRust.com crashed, so I wasn't able to get any of that. So, uh, I woke up Megan and we ran over to Toys R Us at about 9.30 and stood in line. For the uh, the midnight release, I was able to get some figures there. Uh, thank you, DorksideToys.com, for having a sale on some figures. So I was able to get some other ones there. But the next day, I think we hit two more targets, a Walmart. And I think I might have hit Toys R Us again, just trying to find the last few items. Oh, and then uh, we hit Downtown Disney, too. Nice. So we went shopping. Yeah. I went shopping. <laughs> You had her holding all the bags while you're like. <laughs> well, it was it was like we'd leave one target. And say, hey, uh, do you mind if we check out one more target? And then after that, do you mind if we check out Walmart? And then again, do you mind if we go to Downtown Disney? So I mean, we found everything we needed. Um, the hardest ones to find were uh, Hera, and then um, what's his name, the blue guy, I'm blanking right now. Zeb. No, uh, I guess he's purple. Hold on. The blue guy. Thrawn. 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 I don't know why I couldn't think hard- of that. Right? Me neither. Uh, those two were, were the hardest to find. And I know uh, the case assortments that were supposed to come out. And we hit one target right before it opened. Or I hit one target right before it opened. And every figure was there except for Hera. So I know someone at that store took Hera, hit her in the back for themselves. Oh, yeah. But I was like, ah, so close to finding her. Yeah. But uh, it. I think it was a good Force Friday. A lot of people found what they wanted there was some frustrations with the with the amount of items that hasbro shipped to each store like our store there were about 30 of us that showed up for the midnight release at the toys r us and we were number 15 and 16 they only had 12 black series figures on in stock so by the time i got the one that i wanted nobody else behind me got anything else so there's always that frustration of knowing that Hasbro, which has only been in the past few years that the issues popped up, that they're not sending out as many toys as collectors would like. Like, we know, they know we'll buy them. Mm-hmm. But knowing that there's 30 people in line, each of us would have bought at least two or three of those. I mean, people in front of us were like, oh, we'll take them all. And they're like, no, each person gets two. Yeah. So they know that we'll buy them. They're, they're just not out there to buy. And I think that's part of the frustration that uh, a lot of the collectors are, are dealing with right now. Yeah. Because stuff get like they want to buy stuff but they can't get a hold of it. Yeah, or or the uh, scalpers buy them right away, and then you see them on eBay for three times the amount of money. Yeah, this happens a lot with Nintendo stuff because Nintendo, uh, even with their amiibos, they only print like the minimum. They're like, mm-hmm. they're like this might sell a hundred and fifty thousand, so we're only gonna print a hundred thousand. You know, they want to guarantee that it sells exactly. Out. So. So they do that, and then and then of course the scalpers buy them, and then the price goes up. And like if you're trying to get an out of print amiibo, they go they're like thirteen dollars in store. They're like thirty bucks after that. 
and it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, it's a shame. Well, and then I don't know if you want to. We can even add this here. Um, I have a clip from the the uh, Star Wars collecting panel from Long Beach Comic Con, talking about the distribution issues that they had too. Yeah. Because leading up to here, I'll, I'll start. I'll start this part over. Uh, leading up to Force Friday, a lot of us were trying to figure out what the exclusive figures are going to be, and nothing. I mean, we had little leaks here and there, but we didn't really know. We didn't find things out until six hours before figures went on sale. Hmm. So uh, the the this this upcoming clip from the uh, the Long Beach panel talks a lot about the distribution problems and some of the things that we all faced during Force Friday this uh, this past weekend. Cool. We'll roll that. So you guys know how hard it is collecting some of the exclusives, some of the stores. Um, sometimes, like with this last Force Friday, it was yesterday. Um, you may not even know about an exclusive until the day of. There has been some complaints on the distribution and assortment of the of what characters are made. Um, we have a lot of pig warmers. One of the <laughs> biggest pig warmers that we've had in this line is Constable Zuvio, which if you guys don't collect Black Series, you probably won't know who that is because he was going to be in The Force Awakens and he was cut. Uh, and but. Uh, making these figures, uh, these six-inch series, you know, they're 20 points of articulation. Uh, there's good detail. A lot of them have soft goods and good paint apps. But uh, Zuvio, they, had, they start making these years ahead of time. So, you know, they were making them, and then, you know, they don't know it's going to get cut from the movie, and all of a sudden, there's this character out there that wasn't in the movie. No one wanted him, so he's the pig warmer that you can get for $5.00. One dollar. I've seen. Um, there's uh, the blue line, which ran uh, 2014 to 15, and then uh, the current line is the red box line, which started with Force Friday one for the uh, the Force Awakens line. Uh, there are some vintage characters. Uh, there's some really neat, interesting characters. All these all these characters are done kind of screen accurate. Some of the characters in the red box line. They're not any characters that we've ever seen on screen. We actually have uh, four characters that are from the Star Wars Rebels show. Uh, so it's real interesting to see the artists actually taking, you know, it's one thing to, you know, make a Luke Skywalker. You have a realistic, you know, person, Mark Hamill, to go off of to make that figure. But with Thrawn, Cannon, uh, Hera, Sabine from Rebels, there was no real lifelike portrayal of them. They had to kind of make it. Uh, so those are kind of some of my, in, my favorite figures. Uh, and then uh, besides the six inch line, they do make a three and three quarter uh, high, highly articulated uh, black series. It's kind of gone in and out, and right now it's only a Walmart exclusive. Um, it's kind of been hit or miss just because of the price point. Uh, Hasbro has said that it doesn't cost them much more to make a six-inch figure as it does at three and three-quarter, and uh, it's very hard for them to be to have that level of articulation. The... All right. So, is there anything else we want to add to collecting before we get into our news stories? Have fun, um, but don't break the bank. Yeah, be sensible. Just buy cool stuff that you like, and don't go crazy. Also, if you find, like if you're dating right now and you find a significant other who is willing 
to go toy hunting or video game hunting or to hold your bag while you're running around a convention floor trying to buy all the exclusives yes put a ring on it right put a now big old sideshow collectible ring that thing better be as big as a right ventress now. bust you know what I'm yeah if you're if you're willing to spend three hundred dollars on action figures at star wars celebration you better be willing to spend that much on her too or him <laughs> because i can tell you right now from experience going to star wars celebration and going to WonderCon and comic-con it helps having the support and knowing that that other person isn't like yeah. irritated with you that you've and, gone down the same and, aisle four times and also another person to tell you like maybe you should calm down yes you do need i i've been reined in a few yeah. times too you need someone to you be like that. you know you don't really have room for that and you're like <sighs> and you're like but i want it so bad and then you walk away and you're like you know yeah it's, yeah it's yeah or or you're like Oh man, I really wish I could. He's like, no, 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 don't, don't get that. And then you walk down another aisle, and and they see something they want. You know, splurge for them too. Get them yeah. something. Make sure that you're you're collecting evenly. That it's not just your collection. Make it both of your collection. Exactly. Because that way you don't feel so guilty when you buy more toys. <laughs> exactly. You can blame them. You'd be like, well, you bought that thing, so I went and bought a toy. Like, like yeah. You got the Porg. I'm gonna go get this Black Series yeah. Hera. You well, know? you gotta get Hera because they never make any freaking figures of her. Oh, I, she, I that was the one figure I wanted for for uh, Force Friday. Couldn't mm-hmm. find her, and I found her on eBay for a few dollars above retail. So I ordered her. She should be in tomorrow. But she was the hardest one to find. Yep. <sighs> All right, time to move on to some news. You ready for that? You know, I'm going to start small, because the other two are kind of linked. And by small, this is actually kind of big news. Uh, Star Wars Rebel Season 4 trailer and release date revealed. So, you watched the trailer, obviously. I've watched it like four times. <laughs> yes. Uh, big standouts from it. Like, things you find interesting or compelling. Uh, that one ship, that one walker, whatever it was, looks like a some yeah. modified chicken walker type deal yeah that like vaporizes uh, i think the that that is the the uh you know what I, I think it might be a spoiler i'm not gonna mention it because uh, i i forget that you did not see the first episode <laughs> and i have so i i however i've only yeah, seen like was, cause it, because the first episode's there. a two-parter i've only seen the first half but i think that they talk about mm. that in that episode and i and i I won't mention it because I, I I'm now remembering like yeah only me and like 200 other people have seen this episode so I shouldn't mention it so that oh, was yeah. a hard decision to make uh, yeah but I mean you're gonna be watching it in a month so it'll be cool it'll be fine yeah um a lot of yeah, Rogue One references true. True. and then they they mention Krennic by name a lot of them uh, they talk about Project Stardust uh huh which. I thought was really interesting. And in Rogue One, they mentioned something called Project Darksaber, which I thought was a Rebels reference. That's what I thought so, too. And I looked it up. There was a, it referenced, references something from the Expanded Universe. Oh, yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if they connect that into Rebels. Especially it with this sense. whole season revolving around Mandalore. Like, I, I feel like that will be yeah. the thing. But we'll see. And I'm really curious to see how the Death Troopers are going to play into the storyline because we we were kind of led to believe that they were director krennic's private security but all of a sudden we're seeing them 
with Rom. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see how how they play out. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We got X Wings finally. Uh, we've got yep. Thrawn with with Price and a bunch of Mandalores. We've got some nice sexual tension between Hera and Kanan like three times in this trailer. Um, <laughs> else do we have there's some there's some, some interesting lines too like ezra says something about like uh maybe we're fighting the wrong way or like you know uh have you ever thought about like what we're mm-hmm. doing and if we're doing it wrong you know so so still him struggling with that dark side or whatever uh which in season three they make it seem like it's just a passing fancy like the first episode he's like yeah it's fine we're we're over it but now it's like, oh, you know, this is still kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, there's that shot with his eyes all aglowy, which apparently uh, is we've seen before when mm-hmm. he when they combined the holocrons, when him and Maul combined the holocrons in season three. He has those same eyes. So me thinking that he is not over his dark side sort of thing i still think he's dj dude i swear dark sideness like it would just make so much sense (laughs) especially since his name's dj darth and then jedi the same letters come on it's happening all the pieces are coming together in my head Um. (laughs) so you're hearing it first here on our podcast josh is calling it now if he's wrong he's buying us all four anyway what else? So. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, the Tide favorite. Defender's back, so it's the nice to see defender. that ship. Yeah. But uh, all in all, I think mm-hmm. this this season looks kind of dark, and and uh, it's going to – I mean, the whole series is going to end after this. I wonder where they'll go. Um, but, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty I wonder sure who Kanan's will survive. Die, but we'll see. He's already blind. He's already dead. He's already blind. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I don't. My my biggest yeah. concern is is what they'll do with Ezra. Kanan, I can see them. Maybe he goes off somewhere else in the distance. But Ezra knows where Obi Wan Kenobi is. He's seen a lot of the stuff. I mean, it's he's kind of was holding the mm-hmm. uh, the original trilogy close to. I think to, that to they'll send like, him. I'm curious to see how they'll deal with those issues exactly i think yeah i was talking to uh (laughs) jay i know you're listening to this but uh, i was talking to our our fan jay and about this and he was he was kind of (laughs) echoing a lot of the things you echoed were at celebration where he's like there's too many jedi like to to be around you know and i'm like yeah but the galaxy is a big place yeah. with thousands of planets. Like it's hard to imagine that the empire could weed them all out, you know, uh, especially if they were undercover and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I buy that there were more than the Je- I buy that there are more Jedi than the ones we see on screen or in books that are like out there just hiding, being in hiding, you know, but, well, yeah, I mean, as they had the inquisitors, so yeah. I, I mean, I'm curious to see if we see more of that too. I mean, that they're yeah. they were there for a reason yeah. to help hunt the Jedi. Exactly. There have to we'll be see. more than but just. But all in all, you excited? October sixteenth. Yeah, very excited. Oh, I usually October buy them on Amazon 16th, the day we'll, we'll after, so for it. me it's going to be the seventeenth. But uh, yes, I'm very excited. 
we'll have to do we'll have to do some sort of maybe Ooh, a weekly it's a quick good recap, idea. even if it's just like yeah. a twenty minutes just to be talking about it because it's our it's the last season. I mean, there's yeah. going to be stuff you know and, coming and from man, us. They better from answer all some sides questions. Story. Like they have so many questions to answer from like season two. But right. Yeah, when, when does he grow out of hair? Does he just push hair? really hard? Like, when did he part his hair? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how really hair grows in Star Wars. You just, you just tense up and it happens. Out, yeah. All right. Now we got a bigger news story here <laughs> that I'm going to have to get through. And then the, the news story after is, is connected to it. So, Lucasfilm has released an announcement that Colin Trevorrow will no longer be directing Episode 9. The official statement from Lucasfilm reads, Lucasfilm and Colin Trevorrow have mutually chosen to part ways on Star Wars Episode Nine. Colin has been a wonderful collaborator throughout the development process, but we have all come to the conclusion that our, ver- uh, that our visions for this project differ. We wish Colin the best, and we'll be sharing more information about the film soon. So, um, I'm interested what your take is on this. It seems like that they are leaving just they're both parting ways mutually you know like there's no bad blood here it's, there's it's not a firing is what i'm getting from this it doesn't sound like a firing but it also sounds like we hired this person to do this movie he doesn't necessarily want to do it the way we want which is, i mean it sounds like they kind of had that same issue Mm-hmm. With Han Solo, I mean, this is now a reoccurring issue that they're having. It's a little, it's, it worries me a little just because of, you know, you're losing directors, but at the same time, it shows how much control Star Wars and, you know, as a whole and Kathleen Kennedy have over the storyline. Like, I don't think there'll be any issues with the stories that we'll be getting. It's just a little disheartening to hear that the directors aren't going with, you know this this larger picture is is it that they want to make it more of their own story or are they right. just trying to change Star Wars from what it from what, you know from what we've grown up with? So I don't I don't know where these these tensions are. I mean we won't know until these movies mm-hmm. come out. Yeah. Um. But uh, it's, it's. I don't know that I'm necessarily worried. I'm not a huge fan of Colin Trevorrow, to be honest. Um, and he actually. <laughs> what's funny is I th- I saw this coming. Because there's a YouTuber I follow who I cannot remember the name of, honestly. He does, like, movie reviews and, like, movie analysis and stuff. And he did a review of the movie that Colin Trevorrow wrote and directed uh, called The Book of Henry, I think is what it's called. Apparently, very bad. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it it bombed critically and Yeah, that, that one bombed at the um, box office. And I remember him saying... Because I didn't realize that he was the director of Nine. Like it just kind of didn't didn't click in my mind. He had. I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if Kathleen Kennedy is really reassessing their choice for Episode Nine. And I was like, Whoa! I didn't even think about that. I was like, But then I didn't hear anything. And I was like, I wonder if he's even gonna be there. And then this happened, and I was like, I am not surprised at all. Like. They and I should not have done how that. They announced all these directors years in advance. Like, they should not have done that. Let you know if you're gonna hold on to the directors. Okay, keep it quiet. Yeah. But let's see how their how their craft develops. That way, you don't have. I mean, they've pulled two directors off two big Star Wars movies because of a lack of you know 
the the vision that they you know the well looking at the the untitled Han Solo film thing that they wrote and uh, or was it uh, unfortunately our vision and process weren't aligned with our partners on this project that sounds like the exact same reason why they're, they're having this issue with episode nine mm-hmm. yeah uh, and I think probably because episode nine Colin Trevorrow was signed before the like they even started episode eight right yeah, I feel I feel like they when they announced uh, episode seven that they kind of just threw yeah. them all out there at the same time. Like it was just here are the directors for the next three Star Wars movies, and to me that felt weird. Like you're trailing us a director for a movie that won't be coming out for another yeah. What was it? And things change. Years. Oh right. yeah, things and with unfortunately with Carrie Fisher's passing away, that I wonder how much. Yeah, that exactly. So too. I bet I bet Trevorrow. I mean, he even had he even had Ryan Johnson as just as Ryan Johnson did with J.J. Abrams put a scene in the previous movie uh, mm-hmm. to kind of help set it up. I'm wondering if not only did the death of Fisher affect it, but the way um, the changes to you know like seeing the final product. I'm sure he has seen more than most for Last Jedi, you know, uh, just to get mm-hmm. ready. Um, I, I have this feeling like maybe the project that he originally was going to work on no longer exists because of Fisher's yeah. death and because of the way the canon has changed over the last two years. I have a feeling the movie he was going to make is literally impossible now. And the movie that they are going to make is not the movie he wants to work on. Well, it's funny too because for the past few months, there's this when when they've been talking to uh, Ryan Ryan Johnson, right? That's the name. Yes. Thanks for not getting these names mixed up. For uh, you know, the Last Jedi, about them saying, "Hey, there's really no story. We're kind of making these movies up as we go." I don't, I don't really think they're saying that. I mean, I think that they're allowing the directors to tell the story how they want, but I'm pretty sure that these stories are are set in stone as to how they want them to go. Like for them to not have the same vision, for for Lucasfilm to be telling these directors, no, this is how we want stories to be told. If you're not going to do it, or at least tell the right story the right way, you're not going to be in the movie. They have to right. have some sort of ground plan. I don't think it's as loosey goosey as are as these interviews are making it out to seem. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it'll be fine. They have they're writing it right now. They haven't even started filming, so. Um, yeah, we haven't even seen The Last Jedi yet, too. So I think yeah, we, we exactly. have time. There's time. This movie's two years out, and I'm sure it's gonna be, I'm sure it's gonna be totally fine. Honestly, who who if you could have any director direct it, who would you have <clears throat> for the the episode nine for the end of the next trilogy of Star Wars movies? I honestly don't know. However, our news our next news story actually kind of talks about that. <laughs> uh, Deadline is reporting that. Uh, funny enough, Ryan Johnson is in the running to replace Colin Trevorrow on episode nine. Uh, this is what Deadline wrote. They said, uh, put Ryan Johnson atop the short list of directors who might replace the recently departed Colin Trevorrow in Star Wars episode nine. Insiders said that nothing is done yet, but that the prospect is certainly in the air right now. The Looper Helmer fit seem fit seamlessly into the Lucasfilm machine, which is no small feat given the number of star directors who have been chewed up and spat out under the 
quote, creative differences line in existing Star Wars movie. Man, deadline getting sassy. Uh, and then and then it should be noted that right now this is very much a rumor and nothing has been confirmed yet. I suspect we won't get official word until we get closer to the release date of The Last Jedi. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I'm sure it's fine. Just give it to Steven Spielberg and we'll be good. But Steven Spielberg is so busy on Ready Player One. And I bet you they're trying to make that a thing. Oh, into a whole series? They're going to try really hard. Yeah. That trailer it is, a is amazing, yeah. I think it's visually amazing. I don't. I hope it's not too busy. Is. We'll find I out. We'll find out. It'll be interesting. But or, or, you know, just bring George Lucas back. I don't know that he would want to. I don't think he would want to. I, feel, I have a feeling he's enjoying watching these as a fan now. Yeah. He got over it. He's yeah. He, I think someone was like, "Remember what these movies are actually about," and then he was like, "Oh yeah, toys." That's, oh, I that's mean, right. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> always. That's what this episode is about. Anyway, that's gonna do it for us. Actually, that's it for the episode. I think that is. So anyway, we actually don't have a subject picked for the next episode. Otherwise, I would tell you guys what it is because we're gonna be good about that. But it's going to air September twenty fifth. Unless some crazy news comes out and we have to do a special episode or something. But that will be when the uh, next episode comes out. And, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us. If you want to follow me directly, you can find me on Twitter at the Jawa Josh. And then, Alex, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me on Instagram under Dapper underscore Fit. And don't forget we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash long time ago radio go take a look we post random star wars pictures random videos and we, we try to post it uh up-to-date news and collecting and just star wars in general on that page yeah awesome awesome all right thanks everybody for listening and we hope to see you next week may the force be with you and goodbye adios all right.